the best way the students are going to learn gratitude. It's for her to be the exemplar of excellent attitude. Enchanted Sky Media. From the cool pines of Prescott, Arizona, everybody's hometown, this is Bullying, Life, and Stuff. Now, here's your host, Rhonda Orr. Welcome back. If you are new to the show, each week I take one letter with a problem that we've covered in our newspaper column, Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry, and I go over it in depth. I'm Rhonda, and my writing partner is Dr. Sherry L. McDonald. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and crime victim specialist working in Westlake Village, California. Remember, this show is all about my opinion. You may agree or not. This week, we had a look at a simple question. Whatever happened to gratitude? A teacher wrote us to ask why today's kids just don't seem to have it and how they can get it back. Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry, I'm a teacher and I dread going back to work in the fall. The reason is ingratitude. I don't feel recognized, appreciated, or cared about by my students or their parents. The lack of gratitude from others is devastating. Simple little gestures such as, thank you, could you please, excuse me, I'm sorry, or no thank you, have disappeared. This past school year, I had to schedule several parent-teacher discussions because the self-absorbed and self-righteous parents were so demanding. They don't see me as a real person who is beating her head against the walls, trying to instill values into their entitled children. They take no responsibility for teaching values, especially gratitude. I am grateful for the couple of girls that gave me notes of appreciation, quote, for all that you do, unquote. Honestly, though, I feel like it was to pacify me and an obligation rather than a sincere note of real gratitude. Signed, unappreciated teacher. We do have empathy for teachers. We go into the schools, we go into the juvenile detention schools also, and it is rare to have eye contact and have someone say, excuse me, when they bump you, and inevitably they do in the hallways with the bells going and the class changes and so on. So we understand what what she's saying. We've long noticed that gratitude has started to diminish as a value. And just as an aside, I feel like gratitude and forgiveness are the basis of all values. It's absolutely necessary in order to have a civil society. But gratitude is an emotion. It's a response 
to an act or a gift, whether it is tangible or not, done by someone else. It comes from someone who is actually exhibiting generosity or being gracious. Since gratitude is a feeling or an emotion that we enjoy, don't you enjoy feeling grateful? I know I do. It's really a wonderful value. It's about the goodness of others. And that's how it makes us feel. Because as Carl W. Buner said, they may have forgot what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So that was first and foremost what we wanted to say to the teacher. She is really the pinnacle of turning the situation around. We recognize teachers are making sacrifices that they really shouldn't have to make. It's only natural that this teacher would want to receive acknowledgement or praise or responsiveness and thankfulness. However, we are sure that the best way the students are going to learn gratitude, if the parents aren't going to teach them or be the good example, then it's for her. Unfortunately, that is put on her shoulders to be the exemplar of excellent attitude that precedes the feelings of gratitude. And you know the old adage, have an attitude of gratitude? It it sounds so hokey, but It's really, unfortunately, for the hokiness, it is really true. Of course, we're not asking this teacher to pretend something that she's just not feeling. Obviously, we we can't do that. It takes practice, though, just like anything else. If you can think to yourself twice a day, like brushing your teeth or something, that you are going to actually focus on gratitude, being grateful, for everything that you can think of, and showing the students that you are grateful for them. They know that. They can feel that. It's a conscious practice. And gaining an attitude, it actually requires. It requires specific actions, such as maybe you need to write a journal of gratitude. And in fact, write down all of the positive qualities of her students. Now, my husband and I teach a Sunday school class, and I love to do this. I love to look at these kids. They're only eight. So so adorable. They're only eight, and look at them, and just the things that I love about these kids. They are rambunctious, and they have great parents, But just living in today's society, there's not a practice consciousness of being grateful for those around us and being courteous. We always say civility is being courteous. It is actually showing some manners like thank you, excuse me, and so on. But it's also consideration for others, being aware. That was my biggest problem. The students were so unaware of anyone other than their own self, 
their own phone or their own few friends that they're talking to, that there is no one else around them. And so they don't notice when they're running into another human being. It's like, ow, excuse me. But we said that she, she's going to have to be the one to start writing in her journal what she's grateful for. First of all, I know that I am grateful that I was taught just by the example of my grandmother, who was always appreciative of me, who always showed me that she loved me no matter what, whether I was being a a rebellious teenager or, you know, being a Sunday school teacher, whatever it was, she showed me the same level of appreciation, understanding, courteousness, caring. So the three things that really make up civility are caring, consideration, and courtesy. And my grandmother was the example of that. So this teacher, in order for it not to just bury her, and I mean that literally, she, if she's going to stay teaching kids, she's going to have to recognize that maybe their parents didn't get the kind of training with values that they needed to receive. It kind of, without going into the whole history, but when boundaries were so broken in the 60s and 70s, it made a difference. It made a difference in what the grandparents taught their kids and what their kids are teaching their children. And social media, all of the technology, the extension of your hand being your phone, It doesn't require people to be, they think, they don't even notice or think about it, that they should be cognizant, aware, observant of what's going on around them. And the only way that they might catch on is if they see you, the teacher, doing that yourself. So number one, if she were to have a Journal of Gratitude with very specific accounts on the positive qualities that her students possess. That would help her. So she walks into the class, zeroes in on Tammy Sue, and says, boy, I really like how she comes in on time. She sits down. She puts everything away, and she's ready to go. That has to be our focus if we want to have gratitude because you turn it around and the only other thing that you can do, the only opposite that you can function on would be to constantly focus on the negative of what the students are, the little values that they may have. And so it has to be a conscious practiced effort and based on writing about Johnny in her journal, she can start focusing on being grateful for those who are doing what they are supposed to. And if you look, you can always find the ones instead of the rowdy ones, rambunctious ones that are taking away your time and all of your focus because they are loud And they aren't being considerate and caring and gracious. And they aren't sitting down and focusing on what the teacher is doing, what her attitude is like. But she still, she'll get more mileage 
out of being happy and being positive and being loving and caring and civil to them, they do notice that. They notice that because I remember one time I gave an activity to all of these kids in every one of those five different classes. And I said, okay, what I want you to do is an actual project of making something, writing something, performing something for one of the teachers or the administrators of your school. Take this whole week to make up something. And they were fabulous. They said, oh, we love this teacher. She's always nice to us. She always cares about us. She's always there for us. She listens to us. Some of the ones that they favored the most were showing gratitude for these young kids. And they did notice it. They did recognize it. And they did such great things. They made up rap songs. They did dances. They wrote poems and posters. And somebody baked something that looked like a cake. (laughs) But it was amazing what they thought to do if they are helped, if they are led by example. I encouraged this teacher to really take action and write about it until she starts feeling it instead of only feeling the monumental impact of the lack of civility. It's hard. It's hard for anyone, just about anywhere in our culture today. But if you look hard and you practice it yourself, you can make the difference. We told her, of course, she might notice that Susie's sitting quietly and attentively while others are creating chaos or Johnny, I'm picking on Johnny. I don't know why. I don't even know a Johnny. Johnny's helping someone pick up the books that got knocked out of somebody's hands. These things are happening also at the same time. So share these small yet very important actions with the whole class and why it made you feel so good. Hey, I noticed that Johnny picked up Susie's books today. And wasn't that great? Hey, let's even give them a round of applause. He deserves it. Have the students start writing gratitude journals. I don't care what class it is, whether it's history, math, or whatever it might be. In fact, it'd be kind of funny in a math class to say, you know, I want you to start learning how to feel grateful, even for math. Now, I should do that because I'm really not very appreciative of math. (laughs) She can have them start learning and being aware and observant of what's going on around them, writing it down. Always when you write something down, word for word, not a text, about why you like someone and you can't use emojis, then they start thinking that critical thinking she can spark. She didn't say what grade she teaches, but probably middle school or high school. But middle school is is challenging. It's where people are fighting for their independence, (laughs) so to speak. It's contagious. If the teacher starts it, 
and she shares with them that she wrote in the journal last night about someone doing something nice for someone else and how much she appreciated that and started with them having their own books of gratitude and sharing it with the class. You know, I noticed in some of the classes that the teacher might say, does anybody have a happiness moment? Or does anyone want to share a positive moment of something great that happened to you? And they get about a second to share. They can't go on and on, but they say things like, well, my older sister just had a baby. Or my mom and dad went on their 25th anniversary. Things like that. They shared those. Or I got a cat. Or whatever it might be. But they share those happiness moments. And it comes because they are exhibiting the emotion of gratitude. If others around the teacher catch on, it is something that is very contagious. And she will start recognizing the goodness of her students than the goodness of the parents. Yes, the parents can come in and say, why isn't there toilet paper in the bathroom? We understand that. It used to be only in the private schools in L.A., but now it's everywhere because parents pay taxes and so they feel like they can demand, which is not true, and it shouldn't be that way. And teachers and administrators shouldn't, in my opinion, I mean, I hate to go on and on about the shouldn'ts and the would'ves and the could'ves. Let me just put it this way. Schools still need to be full of values. And not even still, especially in our culture today. They need to show and exhibit true values, such as gratitude. And That's all I have to say this time. I'm always interested in hearing what you think. Just go to our website, bullyinglifeandstuff.com to contact me. And let me know where you stand and what you think. I'm Rhonda Orr. Until next time, let's build civility for a new generation. Bullying, Life, and Stuff is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. If you want to connect with Rhonda, go to our website, bullyinglifeandstuff.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you should. That way you'll never miss an episode.